Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic Voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today we will be exploring Lithology Brewing Company out of Farmingdale, New York. Have uh, either of you guys had anything from them yet? I have not. No, I've, I haven't had anything. I, I look at their, uh, their board when they put it up on Instagram, and I, I usually see something that I want, so I'm pretty excited for the episode. Yeah. I haven't had anything from them yet either until I, went to the, until I actually went to the tasting room last weekend. And, you know, they have a pretty good selection up there. They had about six, different, six or eight different beers up there. Um, and they also have two guest taps up. And um, it was it's it was a nice little place to go into. It's right on Main Street down in Farmingdale, right next to the train station, <laughs> not far from uh, Croxley's Ale House, if you're familiar with them. And it's a cozy place, but it seemed really nice when I went in there. And everybody in the in the brewery was very nice to me. So um, they're um, the good old story of a couple of friends that were home brewers that got involved in brewing more seriously. And it started back in 2013, where you had Kevin and Lee, and um, their website doesn't tell you who, what their last names are, so I guess to you know protect the innocent or something like that. <laughs> um, but they were arguing over uh, refractometer readings, and then they just decided, you know, we should just do this professionally. That way we can get these answers right. And then they added their buddies Mark and Manny, and between the four of them, they... Um, got what they needed together and started expanding into a, prof- um, a professional brewery. So um, they started off first at being tenant brewers at a uh, incubator facility. And then they grew into their own location, which is the one that I mentioned already right on main street. Um, and they are big guys that believe that if you take grains and science and you mix them together, you're going to get the perfect beer. And that kind of belief in science is what really makes them call it lithology. Now, because I am not that smart in many, many things. My quick Google search of what lithology means told me that it's a geological term. So I'm like, all right, that's weird, because I thought studying rocks was geology. But um, apparently it's the physical characteristics of rock and sediment, and that also includes to how the water is filtered. And water is pretty important on an island such as we live in. And in beer. And one of those major ingredients in beer, but also New York water is just fantastic. And especially water that comes, you know, they talk about, um, you know, New York pizza and New York bagels. Those are the things you incorporate the water in there. And that's what makes it taste so much better than the garbage that the rest of the States put out. Sorry guys, but <laughs> I'm talking to you, Connecticut. Yeah. This crap that you call pizza and bagels doesn't count. I don't care about that. They made a movie mystic pizza. It still sucks. Um, but that's their whole thing. It's that you take science and you take beer and you put it together and you're going to get an excellent product. Also, I'm pretty sure that they couldn't go with Zymergy because then the American Homebrewers Association would sue them. Well, you know, there's always that trying to, you know, avoid litigation when you're a newfound company. Well, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure that's part of it as well. I, you'll, we'll have to ask them. Next time I go down there, we'll, uh, we'll say, hey, were you tossing around Zymergy instead as a name and you just decided to stick with this because you know, avoid the whole lawsuit thing. But um, I brought back three beers for you. Um, we have the English-style brown ale, a double India, a double IPA, and then their vanilla porter called uh, Rock Hammer. 
And the first one that we're going to get started with today is the uh, English-style brown ale. It's a 6.3% ABV. And let me switch back to my notes here real quick to find out how many uh, IBUs it is. Because with the English style, it's kind of a little, you taste the hops a little bit more in there. And uh, it's a, just to, to go into the, the visuals of it a little bit, it's, it is dark. Like brown ale, I, this is way darker than any other brown ale that I've ever seen. It also has a very persistent head. Yeah, like we were talking uh, as we were pouring it before we started recording, that uh, the visuals of it give you a definite porter kind of look to it. Yeah, the um, the kind of light tan head definitely um, could give you that impression. And as I'm looking at my picture of the board there, I think I may have a different beer on the board versus what's here because it's listing it at 4.9% ABV, and the bottle that it's in says it's 6.3%. So I think I may they may not have the exact information up there, but um, what do you guys think? Um, you guys took a couple sips of it. What do you guys think? So uh, I can take another sip of it. I I'm, I'm enjoying it. It, it is it is uh, again to go back to the whole idea that it looks like a porter. I'm not saying it tastes like one, but it, it's real close. It's quite tasty. Um, there's a little bit of hop aroma, not uh, a little bit of uh, hop bitterness, but not very absurdive on the palate with a, a good maltiness to go along with it. It's quite nice drinking. See, that's what really I, when I had this one at the tasting room, I was really excited about it and I really, really enjoy it because that maltiness of it is a really good, strong maltiness to it. But the, the little bit of uh, hops in there gives you that balance without making it, into a, you know, an overly malty beer. Yeah, it's definitely a good balance between the two, and I could drink quite a lot of this. On honest, all honesty. Yeah, this is uh, highly, highly enjoyable. It blends yeah. what I like about uh, a brown ale with a, a heavier style of beer, and I think that that combination allows it to be a little bit smoother and has that balance um, even more there. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, their description reads, this malty, full-flavored English brown ale is an homage to the traditional English style. Chocolate, caramel, nutty, and toasty notes come from the chocolate, Maris Otter, and Victory malts. Three distinct hop additions will give the Lithology brown ale a balanced profile without overcomplicating the taste. And I, yeah, I think um, I just really like it. It's sim- It's simple and you know, full bodied to the flavor of it without necessarily feeling heavy. And that's something that I really like. The mouthfeel is, is definitely enjoyable. Like I said, it, it, it treats itself a little more like a, a heavier style, like a, like a Porter. And that's one of my favorite styles, but it also doesn't give you, um, the, the sort of, um, harsher tastes that you get with a Porter. It's, it's much smoother, cleaner. It's also quite drinkable for being six, what six something percent alcohol? Six point three, yeah, yeah. It's quite drinkable. You don't taste six point three. No, like it, it does not taste that. Strong. This one's going to catch up on you. You sit there, you Definitely. have a couple of these. They're going to catch up on you. I think they go down easy enough that you could put back a couple and and not realize that you've had three or four. It's like, it's like the apple teeny of beers. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> <laughs> it's way better than apple teenies. Okay? Yes, it, it is. But you know, um, no, you, you know what? This re- this beer reminded me of the 
um, the Brickhouse Nitro Stout in the sen- in only in the sense that I could be putting them back really easily and then all of a sudden have to decide that I need to give my keys to somebody else even though I promised I would be the DD that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like in that that is really the only sense in that yeah, it, but it, it sounds like you're speaking from experience. Yeah, Mark, you know it's experience because you're the guy that I handed my keys to and said, "Sorry, dude, you're driving home." Um, not that six was too many, but it was just too many to be able to drive safely. So six, so okay, so six was too many there on New Year's Eve. Four, four uh, sizers is too many. Well, yeah, and, and then uh, we'll find I, out then, how many is too many. And then t- tasting. T- well, no, we did t- oh, yeah. t- twenty. Uh, 20 tastings at the cask festival was too many far far too many (laughs) so um justin what do you think as far as a rating on this one i'm gonna uh, this one's gonna make it to a growler status for me i uh, i feel like this is something that you could you could really mix this in and have it follow or go around any other styles you're gonna try and have it be like the the, uh, something you can you can definitely also share with uh uh, a newer craft beer drinker. It, there's not an assertive flavor here or an assertive bitterness that's going to turn anyone off. They might not love it, but I don't think anyone can hate this beer. I I agree. I think if you come back to me and you say, "Man, this is terrible. I I, I don't like anything about it." I'm you just don't like beer. Like then I, yeah, you can't drink just, beer. Then just all right, go back to your Appletini and we'll be all right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lime Rita in the back of my fridge for you. That somebody else left at my house. Six I was gonna say, years do we have ago. To go, do we have to perform an exorcism now on your fridge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the power of craft beer compels you. Get out of the fridge. <laughs> we'll just wait till Glenn comes by and give it to him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it's also going to be Growler. Um, I want this. I want to have it around for a little while. Um, I think I'd like to... Um, you know, cook with it. We talk about doing that a lot, and I think doing something like this into a beef stew would be really nice. I, um, I'm sure it would also make some pretty tasty waffles. Yeah, you I, and I, your waffles. I love, I love me some waffles, but you want to put everything in waffles. Have you had beer waffles? I haven't, and you, this is probably something you should rectify. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll work on that. Get up there and make me some waffles, bitch. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. I re- I want to keep it. Ar- I want to keep it around. I want to have it around. And um, for me, it's a it's a growler, solid. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the two of you guys, and I'm gonna say that the bomber that you brought here is the right size, and that's only because of the strength of it. Okay. Uh, you know, I definitely enjoy my way through the bomber, and then uh, it's gonna be okay. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, I Uncle. could. I could definitely I, – I understand where you're going with that, and this might be one of those ones that it's – I come home from work, and I just, all right, crack this one open, and I'm just sitting down with this one. I don't care that it's a tall boy. It's, oh, yeah. It's I'm staying gonna, with me, right? Yeah. If it was I'm a longer day at like, work, I'm staying there. I'm going to have, like, three or four of these stocked in the fridge. Yeah. For successive days, but in one day, the bomber is the right number for me. Yeah. So – uh we're going to be moving on now. What's the the next one that we have here, Kevin? The next one that we have is the double IPA called Lie Detector, L-I, like Long Island. And it is also 6.3% ABV. And I will read the description of this one first. It's our double IPA uses a curated blend of Chinook, Nelson, Sauvin, and Palisade hops, which impart a fresh floral taste with notes of the Sauvignon Blanc grape. 
Yeah, I know that Nelson Savan is a uh, hop is supposed to really elicit those uh, Sauvignon Blanc flavors. Now, I'll be honest, that is not one that I've ever heard of the Nelson Savan. How do we say it? Savan? Savan, yeah. yeah. I believe it's Savan. It's, uh, I don't parlez vous the Francais very well. It's a uh, more recent variety out of New Zealand. Okay, so I'm, I understand that the New Zealand hops have been are tend to be a little more floral in their, uh, in their yeah. flavor yep. profile. It's also interesting that the uh, the IBU count on this is uh, fairly low. It it really is. What did you did you pull it up there, Justin? Yeah, I they they that. are ridiculously precise. By the way, uh, it's that whole yeah, I want to be a scientist. Exactly. Thing. It's twenty six point one nine IBUs. I mean, okay. uh, and the seven point six five ABV. So I've never seen ABV or IBUs go down to the hundredth before, yeah. and uh, I like these guys. Now that I'm starting to homebrew, Mark knows that I want to measure everything, and um, he doesn't. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm into these guys. Well, this one pours out. It's a dark. It's a it's a light honey flavor color. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I got a little confuzzled there, but um, it's it's a, there's a little bit of haze in there, but it's got a nice thick white head on top there. And yeah, the, the head is, uh, the, is is very pronounced. And the aroma, yeah. though. It has yeah. a strong effervescence, and the aroma is quite nice. I stuck my nose in the glass, and I don't get any dankness. No, it's Zero. really it's really a floral. It goes floral aroma. to like a caramel. Yeah. But once you taste that persistent. sip. Yeah. But once you taste that first sip, it's sweet. Oh, it's floral. This is good. It it was incredible to me. Like yeah. usually, I see double IPA and I go, "Oh my god, I don't want to try." I I kind of shy away from it, but as soon as I took a, t- a one little sip of this, I went, "Yeah, give me that bottle. Yeah, give, give me give me one of those. I gotta have this one." Yeah, and, I can totally understand you on that one. Uh, I I'm I generally, if uh, my choices are between an IPA and a double IPA, I usually just say, "Give me the double IPA," because I think the higher alcohol content helps balance the hops more uh with the doubles but okay this one is that's something that i hadn't really considered like in my selection i don't usually look at it i usually go well the double maybe and maybe that's a miss a misnomer or like a misthought that i have that you know the double is just going to be more of what i don't necessarily want and that may be true but in my experience you know, tasting several breweries, single IPA, and then their double IPA, I tend to enjoy the double more than the standard. Yeah, I mean, and spi- I think it's because of the higher alcohol percentage. It could well be. When you and I visited Spider Bite, the uh, the double IPA, both of us were like, "Oh, this double IPA is pretty nice." Um, I don't remember which one which one it was, but I do remember it happening there. We, you and I, had a tasting. We each picked one, and we were like, "All right, well, we're kind of out of ones we we sort of really want, so let's grab the double IPA and we'll give it a shot." I think we were both really surprised at, at how well, how much, uh, how much more we enjoyed that versus a standard. Yeah, I, I just can't remember what specifically beer that was. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. That was a while ago though, and we've drank a lot of beer since then. I mean, I, it's got a little bit of, not syrupiness to it, but there's that sweetness. There's a little residual sweetness in there. Yeah, it definitely does have that. I, uh, I can't say that I get. Uh, the Sauvignon Blanc character that they refer to. I don't think I've drank enough Sauvignon Blanc to say like I know what that character tastes like. That was going to be my next uh, sentence is that I don't drink a lot of wine, yeah. so that 
might be lost on me. Yeah, I mean, it's to be honest, I mean, here on Long Island, we have plenty of great wineries, so I'll try those, but usually I end up going with like a, a Pinot Grigio because I that seems like my my home run one that I usually like, but I know Sauvignon Blanc, the, like the duck walk one, is one that I particularly like, do like. Um, that being said, I can't tag that flavor in my head and then extract that flavor from this beer. That, and and that's just a shortcoming on myself, not from anything that they've done. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that they're lying or anything. I'm just saying that I my palate is uneducated as far as wine goes to be able to really pick out those notes. Yeah, that's uh, I I'm definitely not a wine guy. In fact, I tried wine um again the other day, white wine. And now that I I enjoy sour beers, I think I might may have found a couple different varieties of not that I remember what the hell they are, but white wines that I'll enjoy that Steph was drinking. I, I was gonna say Steph will tell you which ones they are. She'll she'll remember those <laughs> pretty much. Um, I just I was just I was so pleasantly surprised when I tasted this beer because I had this later on in the tasting while I was there. That I had the brown ale, and then I had the one that we are next one, the the Rockhammer Vanilla Porter, and so to have two heavier beers and then come back and try this IPA and have it taste so different from what I was expecting was was really a pleasant surprise. I have to say also that the lacing that it leaves on the glass is pretty it's, impressive. Yeah, it's it's really hanging on. It really does hang on there. And now that I've you know had a couple sips, the head has resided has uh, receded a little bit, but I just the the aroma is just is so pleasing to me. I can't get over that. It's it's so I want to keep going back more because it smells good than anything else. The the caramel finish to me is what kind of makes it. I get the floral part in the beginning, and then a then a, a nice sweet finish, and it really it, it, this is tremendous. Don't drop your glass, buddy. No, I'm getting I'm getting overly excited. That that was something else hitting the bottom of the table. Hey yo. Good thing I got my glasses on. I need Mark. to burn this table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's plastic, don't do that. That's I didn't dangerous. know I didn't know if Mark's look was confusion, but now I know it was disgust. But um no, I mean I was really pleased with it. Mark, why don't um you get us started on a rating for it? I'm gonna have to call this a bomber. Again, it's because of the strength of the beer. But I, as far as double IPAs, and there, there's a very small number of these that I can say, this is certainly one that I'll go back to again and again. It's quite nice, but I just I can't drink more than 22 ounces of it. Otherwise, I'm going to fall asleep or fall over. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to go with fall over because I've seen it. Um, I think as, I read, as I'm looking back at, the, um, at their board, they have it listed as a, what did you say, 29.19 IVUs? Right? Yes. Yeah, okay, so we did, we did go through that. I wasn't, wasn't sure. Um, for me, also, I'm going to stick with the Bomber. Um, it's a pleasant change of pace, and it was a pleasant surprise, though the little bit of residual sweetness, I think, would start to build up if I had more than the Bomber. And I don't know if I would really want to keep going past that because, again, I have, I've had samples sizes, and, I re- and it was really pleasing. And this one was a little bigger than the one that they gave you at the, at the tasting room. So I'm starting to taste it build up a little bit, and I'm thinking that that might be about as much as I want of it. But this was just this was the surprise of the trip for me. Yeah, I think you, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. The uh, the sweetness definitely stays on 
a little bit uh, longer than I may, I may like, so I'm going to stay at a bomber. But still, uh, you know, especially coming from us, a, a double IPA or anything that says IPA, getting anything beyond a, a taster or even a pint is uh, pretty rare. So this is this is a, a special beer. All right, so bombers all around, and it's like I said, it was that it was the pleasant surprise of the night for me. The, now the last one that we have is their Rockhammer Vanilla Porter. And I have it on their board from as a six percent ABV with a thirty point nine IBU. Yeah, that, I can I can confirm that. Confirm. Okay, excellent. We've gone to the booth, All and right. the call is not only yeah, the call has been confirmed. <laughs> there you go. Touchdown stands. Never After review of the play, <laughs> he never made it over the over the. <laughs> While we're pouring this out, I just wanted to note that that brown ale that we that we loved uh, the first beer we tasted was a silver. I don't know if we said this was a silver medal silver medal winner at the 2016 New York International Beer Competition. Um, we I did not mention that. Thank you for pulling out that little extra information for me. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's 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 really very interesting uh, that beer, and I think it's worth and I think it's worthwhile. It deserves to be an award winner. Um, I really enjoyed the taste. Now, uh, the last one, those two that w- the first two beers that we had, I got in um, bombers that they had bottled at the brewery, and the last one, the Rock Hammer, I have it in a little um, growlette that I don't feel shame for buying because I don't have anything from them. So to have the one piece of glass from them i i feel only minor shame yeah well you also only bought one i mean you got saved by the fact that they had uh they had bombers hanging out i wish when i forgot oh, completely because yeah. i completely forgot to bring anything with me <laughs> so yeah. i guess this is the point where we have to say shame yeah, it's little little shame little shame. shame just one shame um but pouring this one out there it's you know like a lot of porters there's not a ton of head but it is a dark tan head yeah, it does have the the color to the foam that I get a little excited about when I see. Yeah, and it's I I see a little bit of um, effervescence in there, but it's not crazy. But it's dark. It's solid black. I can't see through it. Oh yeah, yeah. but the the head. I mean, it doesn't have a huge head, but it's persistent. Yeah, it, it's across the whole top of the gla- the whole top of the the surface, and it's not going away. And sticking my nose in the glass, I get uh, roast, and I get a little bit of vanilla in the background as well. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the description they have is uh, subtle hints of chocolate and coffee that come from our inclusion of dark roasted chocolate and black bittering malts are hard to resist. A touch of real vanilla has been, has, uh, sorry, a touch of real vanilla bean rounds out the bouquet. This brew is a testament to the beer we produce. The Rock Hammer Vanilla Porter will chip away at your dark beer phobias and melt your taste buds while doing so. Well, I will um I will say this much about this one. I spoke with um this gentleman Pete while I was there at the uh at the brewery and uh Lourdes was pouring and she was very pleasant. Um she was getting a little frustrated that there was one growler that took about 25 minutes to fill. But uh, other than that, she was very she was very nice and I spoke with Pete who's kind of a bartender, brewing helper guy and I got that he's one of the i think he was kevin's like cousin or something along those lines but he seems to just kind of be hanging out learning the craft a little bit and helping out in whatever way he can and he told me that what they do with this beer is they cut open the vanilla beans they use whole vanilla beans and cut them open and put them in right at the end when they're doing when they're hopping that that's oh so they they add them at the end of the boil yeah and that's when they and that's when they add them in 
Um, but he was saying like, yeah, they were sitting there cutting open the beans and pouring and putting them in there. I wonder how many how many beans would go. I mean, do you know how big their system is? Um, they have yes. a three bill three barrel electric brew system. I don't even need to tell them that, but yes, that's, look at the, look at the, exactly look at the big brains on Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they have a three barrel system there, and uh, as I understand it, they have their brewing s- system upstairs, and then their fermenters downstairs. So they can kind of uh, shuffle some things out of the way. Yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, how many freaking vanilla beans do you have to put into a three-barrel batch? Probably not that many, honestly. Really, it kind of infuses that 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 much. I mean, vanilla bean like vanilla beans are really potent. When you open them up by hand, it's one of those things like it's on your hands, and you and your hands smell like vanilla for weeks. It feels like it. It like it never goes away. It just it's a really potent oil yeah see i'm hoping to, to split off a, a future batch into a bunch of different one gallon batches and right. one of the ones things i want to do is put vanilla, vanilla bean in the, in one of them and I, i'm guessing for based on that for a one gallon batch i might probably won't even need a whole bean or you could use a whole bean and just you know limit the amount of contact time all oh, right yeah. um but i i think i think it would be one of those ones where you don't need as many as you're thinking it's not going to be like the fruit where you're dumping in, you know, tens and tens of, you know, lots yeah, of pounds in there. Three pounds in a five-gallon batch, so. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's going to be something like that. I think it may be more like three beans in the five-gallon batch. Yeah, or maybe not even that many, honestly. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Um, But just the aroma on it is has a, you know, it's chocolate with just a little bit of vanilla in the back there. It's got that little roastiness. But the taste is smooth, it's chocolatey, and then it finishes with the vanilla. And I just, I fell in love with this beer as I was drinking it, and I had to make sure I bring some back for you guys. The different flavors blend together. Like, you can get the roast, then the chocolate, and then the vanilla, and they just smoothly pass over my tongue. It's yep. really cool. Yeah, and it, it's, uh, the vanilla is there, but it's not as assertive as I would think it would be when you told me it was a vanilla porter. And that was one of the things that was kind of pleasantly surprising is that you get – I think it's mostly oh, from the yeah. fact that it's aroma and from that the fact that they add it so late in the boil that that's what it is. You're just getting the oils from it for the aroma, and it doesn't really infuse into the beer. It just kind of is a little bit there. It's a light flavoring. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying that in a bad way whatsoever. Like you said it the best, Kevin. It's just really smooth, and it, it's very enjoyable, and I'm just – saying it's not an assertive flavor that yeah. most people when you know they're like oh this is our vanilla porter like you know the vanilla is like hey there's vanilla in the beer this is just kind of you know like you said the f- flavor on your palate is very smooth you get some roastiness and then it transitions to a little bit of sweetness in the vanilla at the end and then you're like oh that was nice i'll, I'll have another sip yeah it's just, this is a this is uh, spectacular and i've been seeing that um, I think more and more in a lot of the beers that we've been tasting is that it's it's become a little less, and this may be completely just overgeneralizing, but I feel like it's been less, here's something crazy that we did just for the sake of doing something crazy and showing off what we can put in beer as opposed to here's a little better crafted version of something that we did that accentuates a flavor or something along the lines like that. Does that make sense? That did I kind of? I feel like I fumbled the end there, but I I think you guys understand me. I understand what you're getting at. Yes. Yeah, you know, they're 
everything got crazy for a little while there. There was a whole bunch of yeah. different ingredients getting thrown in almost yeah, everything. Let's in the make a chili sink. beer and let's just make it as hot as fuck so that it doesn't matter. Like just because we want to put as many chilies as humanly possible in there. Right. Same same thing with sort of the uh, the IPA uh, situation with, yeah, with how hops. many hops can we? And now in? it's being pulled back a little bit in some respects and and kind of going more for a, a complex flavor that's enjoyable rather than how many IBUs can we stuff in this? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm getting at here. And that's kind of what I'm getting at, at the, with this beer. And Mark, I think you said it better than I did that it's, you know, it's, it's subtle and it comes together really nicely. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll I want to drive the van. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, you can be the wingman, but I'm driving the van. That's fine. As long as you didn't call me. Uh, uh, can I be Mr. T? <laughs> you can be Mr. T. I was going to say, I, though, I can't pull the Mr. T beard off. If anybody checks out the uh, the photos on the website, everyone will realize that while I may be Nordic and large, the beard is not something I can pull off. <laughs> so as far as a rating goes for this one, um, man, I uh, part of me really wants to give it a keg, but I'm, I'm going to go growler. Actually, what was the uh, what was the ABV on this? I know. Um, you, I think you said it. I don't I remember. I think it was also in the six range. Yeah, it's a, it's a six. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my uh, with my growler on this one. It uh, I love this beer. This is this is a really especially for this time of year. This is a very time uh, uh, appropriate. appropriate. Thank yeah. you, beer. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna agree with you, Justin. This is a solid growler for me. I could, uh, you, despite the strength, I'm gonna keep on drinking this until. Uh, <laughs> this I will <laughs> I will drink this until I pass out. Hey. <laughs> You know, and that's exactly it. Like I was, I was really bummed that I didn't have the time to hang out at the brewery, and that I had to get in the car and drive home, and that I had to limit what I was drinking because I wanted to go after the tasting. You wanted to go back for a pint. I exactly. After I finished the tasting, I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna get me a pint of this and hang out. And no, no, I could, I couldn't do it. I had to run. But um, this growler is the 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 end of this. Uh, you know, little growlette is coming home with me, and that's going to be maybe maybe finished this afternoon or evening. <laughs> um, while you were there and you did the tasting, so of course I know you you tried these three. What were the other ones that you tried? Um, the other one that I tried is their red ale, which is the one that was having a little trouble with the keg, and I couldn't bring it myself to ask the um, bartender to do another growlette <laughs> of it. But their red is is very much in line with the other things that we tasted it's remarkably smooth and sometimes with red you get a little bit with red ales you get a little bit of a bite yeah they can get an acerb bitterness sometimes right but it did not have it and it was a really really good drink um i tried their um one of their american pale ales designated hitter yeah i think that's the one that it is um, well, no, that's the other one that they had on in Bombers. That, that's not the one that I tried. Okay. Um, what was it? Um, let me look through the. Uh, yeah, I'm, what, uh, what else you have on the list there, Justin? I'm, I'm trying to find, find another. Than I'm I trying am. to find another. Uh, oh, uh, you said American Pale Ale? You tried? Yeah, it was one of the APA. Legal APA. Yes, that's the one, and that one was was what I think about when I think of like IPAs and pale ales that I don't like, and it was just there was the the hop fl- characteristic was way too assertive for my flavor. Wait, this is another. This, yeah, this is another one that had uh, the listing in here with Wario Willamette and the, uh, the the Simcoe hop, which I think we're we're learning that Simcoe None is not. None of us uh, prefer Simcoe. I'm not, not allowed to say that word anymore, so I'm not going to. Okay. But um, but yeah, that uh, yeah, the legal APA was the one that I tried, and I was not really pleased with it. Um, again, the lie detect the lie detector was 
the surprise of the day, and I really enjoyed it. But I think the the Rock Hammer Vanilla Porter was the winner of what I tried. Um, now, while I was speaking with um, the gentleman there, what was his name? Peter. 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 Yeah. Peter. Peter. Um, you know, he was telling me that there's a couple other things that are coming down the pipe um, that they're working on, either brewing now or they're going to be brewing in the very near future. And one of them is going to be a uh, a dunk ale. That um, you know, is obviously going to be a spin on a uh, on a dunkle that they're working on. Maybe use a different um, what is that yeast? Then is would a dunkle normally be used a lager yeast or? Yeah, uh, dunkles are lager beers. Okay, they just have uh, more highly roasted malts in them that make them dark in color. Okay, so. The way he phrased it, that it's a dunk ale, I assume that they're doing a dunkle with an ale yeast. So right. um, that might it, be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's most likely that they don't have the ability to uh, really control the temperature of their fermenters to be able to properly lager, lager a beer. And do you think it's also possible they're going to use a lager yeast and then just let it kind of roll with the, at the uh, ale temperatures? I know that the, I was you know reading in that American Sour Book you gave me that sometimes they use that as a base for a sour, but I don't know. If, obviously, this isn't a sour, but I don't know if that's something that you would, they would do. Probably not because uh, a lot of smaller breweries will have just a couple of yeast strains that they use for everything. So I'm sure that they're probably you know just using whatever house yeast that they have already and the, just working it in there. Right, because they're not they're not buying yeast for every single thing like a home brewer would. It would it would cost far too much money. They probably are, are you know yeah, pulling they're, off they're, earnings. They're looking to repitch from batch to batch as much as they can to right. save money there. Mm-hmm. Um, other things they have coming up is a mango wit, which sounded interesting. That um, could be tasty, yeah. Which um, making sense springtime right around the corner. They said they were going to be brewing that soon, so I could see that making sense. Yeah, that would be ready and, for right around um, Easter. Right next door to them is this place called uh, Flux Cafe, which is a, which is a little, uh, you know, little coffee shop that's going to be brewing their, own, that's going to be, uh, you know, roasting their own coffee, which is not open yet. And I found that out because after I left the, the tasting room, I walked in there, thinking, oh hey, I can get a cup of coffee for the ride home. And they went, we're not open yet. I went, oh okay, maybe you're opening late because it's Friday. Maybe and you should lock the door. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're just not open for business yet. So they're going to be open up soon, Flux Cafe, and they're going to be roasting some espresso for Lithology to do um, what I can only assume is an espresso stout. And if they're if it, they're going to use the same base as the vanilla um, porter for for with an espresso in there, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that sounds like a tasty beer. Um, yeah, I noticed on the board that uh, they also had a, something called the Lit Grenade, which was a collab with uh, the Homebrews and Hand Grenades guys. Okay. Um, I did not get to try any of their collab beers. I didn't get a chance to try any of the uh, the guest beers that they had on ta- – the guest taps that they had. But um, I was – I hadn't had anything from them, and I was really pleasantly surprised by everything that I did. I think um, all the beers they had were – well-developed beers they weren't just um you know stunt beers to say hey look how much we can do in this scene and i'm gonna keep i i'm gonna go back and you know keep an eye on some of the stuff that they're making in the future yeah definitely yeah i mean just when i was i was scrolling through the list of what they had to look i mean they have this farmhouse ale that i'd love to try i know they have another a belgian wit they call the white so i think uh, yeah they had that on tap i didn't i didn't get a chance to try it i tried to you know spread it out and 
you know, look for a couple different beers to see what we could bring home. Yeah, that's why I tend to. I mean, you didn't have the opportunity, but I bring uh, I bring stuff with me so I could just uh, taste everything, and then yeah. she she drives my blacked out uh, self home. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have my wingman present, so no. They also and uh, they have a, a Groupon similar to uh, Oyster Bay does. Uh, I don't know if they, it's exactly the same, but I do know you get uh, I think believe two pint glasses, uh, uh, an empty growler. I'm not sure if they fill it, and uh, uh, tasting for two. I think it's seventeen bucks. Yeah, I mean, and they had a. Um, I think they had a special up just uh, two pint glasses. Um, I think it's like two pint glasses filled with, for like twelve bucks. Oh, that's something. great. You know, it's basically so if you paying just, for the free beer, you're paying for a pint glass. Yeah, you, you buy two pint glasses. We'll sure we'll give you the first fill free. Why the hell not? Um, but I was really I was really pleased with it, and I'd like to in the future get a chance to really um, talk to some of the guys in the back and see what's go- what's going on, and maybe get how their what their process is a little more. But um, that mango wit and the espresso, I'm kind of excited for. I'd, I'm looking forward to trying those. I like me some whip beer. Not a huge mango fan, but uh, I, I've been turned before. Yeah. Um, so, you guys have anything else? You guys, uh, anything else for me about lithology? I got nothing. How about you, Justin? No, I think uh, I think you brought some great beer, though. This is uh, one of my favorite episodes so far. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.